0: Log Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Poole and my guest today is my friend Kevin McCash and, uh, and he he's here to talk about politics in Albany in, in, during during this past week. And he'll be on many times in the in, in the coming weeks to assess what's going on with the elections and. What's going on in this city of Albany? So, Kevin, it was quite a week, wasn't it? Yeah, quite a couple weeks. A uh, couple weeks. We have uh,
1: we have a, a protest that resulted in a little bit of an aggressive action back on April 14th. Really was where it all uh-huh. started. Um, Wednesday, Wednesday, April 14th. They had a crowd that was. Uh, Going to, they had an earlier, an earlier protest or, or you know, speak out for the original event was to call the attention to the killing of Blanté Wright in uh, Minnesota, right? In, in Minneapolis, another mm-hmm. another uh, issue, the kid, the poor kid who got shot by the, uh, you know, he was a well, he they had warrants out for his arrest and he was a felon, but they, the, 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 the police officer lost control, and uh, shot him instead of using her taser. And so uh, this is the latest flashpoint for outrage, along with people who were awaiting the Chauvin murder trial verdict, right. uh, the, Derek, Derek Chauvin. So there was about a 50, 50 people, about 50 Black Lives Matter activists, showed up uh, after the Townsend Park rally on April 14th down to the South Station. And so South Station is down by the um South Station is down by the, the old DMV South Pearl Street uh you know it's it's Trinity Place and Arch right. Street. And so the uh they wanted to I think have uh have a uh have a conversation or something but they it, it seemed to be that they uh, got a little aggressive at the door of the police department, and they went and uh, broke a window. The police proceeded to go inside and handcuff their door shut. So essentially the police who have guns, who have tasers, who have nightsticks, I think think they tried to de-escalate the situation from their perception, and then they started breaking windows on the door, and they decided to go back out, and when they went back out, they pepper-sprayed everybody, and uh, the activists were were uh, pepper-sprayed, and they um, then proceeded to uh, sort of were outraged by that event uh, on okay. April okay. 16th.
0: I've got two questions for you, uh, Kevin. Sure. Now, with all, of, with, with all of these demonstrations, do you see the same people over and over again?
1: Yeah. Well, what, what you see in the Capital District is the same three or four cities.
0: Uh,
1: three or four cities. So you have a Schenectady Contingent. You have a Troy activists. You have Albany activists who aren't, aren't as prominent or weren't as prominent in this. And then you have people in mm-hmm. Saratoga. And so they okay. just sort of tend to go – they go to each event around the Capital District versus Alice Green. Alice Green would stay in Albany. Alice Green was focused mostly on Albany. And so these people uh-huh. tend to come over. So the people who were actually breaking in the South Station, you can tell, from the arrests, the eventual arrests that were made, as well as uh, arrests from when they – after they set up their encampment and they removed the encampment last Thursday, only three out of the uh, 10 or 12 were from Albany. So they, oh, know. You know, the rest of them Are from Clifton Park, they're from Delmar, they're from Troy, they're from Schenectady, and so You actually had people arrested in Albany That were wanted uh, for Graffiti and vandalism of the police department In Schenectady, so Because it's such a small area They tend to go around With the same people all over the place And just to make the crowd bigger And really this This crowd wasn't much, so After a result of the 14th, the issue on uh, April 14th, Kathy Sheehan held a press conference on April 16th with Chief Hawkins. And they put together uh, the body-worn cameras and surveillance videos, and they uh, defended the officer's actions for for, um, pepper spraying (laughs) them. And what they did is uh, the protesters decided to camp out in front of South Station. They want the officer who – there was an officer who pepper sprayed him, and then there was an officer who took a bullhorn away. It's it's actually – I was looking over the code. The code in the city of Albany from 1986 – which was uh, confirmed, or 19 yeah 1986, which was, was confirmed in 2006, was that you need a permit to have a bullhorn. You actually, if you were to have a protest, you would have to have a permit for the protest permit for the bullhorn. And so uh, mm-hmm. this the officer had said they were shining a light in the officer's faces as well as uh, this bullhorn. So they removed them. The officers removed the, the the bullhorn, and so they wanted the officer fired. And they said they weren't going to leave until the officer was fired. So what they did is they set up an encampment, Trinity and Arch Place. The encampment was there for six days. Um, While the police, while the the Albany Common Council has its policing reform, they're trying to decide whether to get rid of, uh, whether to get rid of uh, tear gas or not. You know, the ability to use tear gas and use, um, rubber bullets you know sort of sort of non-lethal ballistic munitions and so mm-hmm. this is uh this is almost in support of the protests are happening at the same time as they're trying to pass legislation to reform policing and so they set up the encampment the encampment lasts about six days until last thursday at 3 p.m the police came through and they cleared out the encampment with 15 minutes notice um at three in the afternoon, uh, arresting about eight. They arrested some more people that were wanted uh, from prior incidents from the 14th arrests on second-degree riot charges and some other, you know, sort of trespassing or, or vandalism charges. And uh, then as a consequence, they um, put up barricades all over the street. So the street still isn't open. The street is just blocked off by police barricades. Uh, and so the, it pushes any protesters back to the sidewalk. And so Thursday night, they came back out. They had a little bit of bullhorn action. And then Friday night, they were going to come back at 7 p.m. And uh, they a couple, uh, small crowd was there. And another crowd came in with, uh, you know, black garb on and masks. And they actually, about one o'clock in the morning, one thirty, they pushed down the barricades to see if the police would react. Nobody really came out, and they took off at about one thirty. The next day, I went by at about, I went by yet on Saturday at about uh, six o'clock, seven o'clock. There were maybe ten people there. There were largely sheriff deputies, probably relieving the Albany Police Department so they could have the weekend off or, or to minimize on overtime. There were about 10 sheriff deputies out around South mm-hmm. Station. And as of this morning, there wasn't much out there. Now, as a consequence, the newspaper said, well, why did you tear down this encampment? We have Perry Jones. Perry Jones is the executive director and CEO of the Capital City Rescue Mission, which is located adjacent to the, where the encampment was. And on April 22nd, Perry Jones, uh, you know, who's been a a mainstay down there for decades uh, in the building right next to this and across from the old DMV building, which is now the Board of Elections and the the, uh, Albany County Office of Mental Health, sent a letter to say, you know, uh, Dear Mayor Sheehan, I'm writing to inform you of the serious disruption and difficulties we're currently experiencing because of the ongoing illegal occupation of Arch Street by the BLM protester movement. The following account will summarize some of these difficulties. They said they were unable to receive deliveries of food, uh, and they serve over 800 meals per day. They were unable to receive clothing donations, which they distributed 6,000 pieces per week. Staff and volunteers were being harassed and threatened by protesters. Staff and volunteer parking lots could no longer be accessed. They had uh, construction delays. Uh, on roof repairs because they couldn't get the necessary equipment in and down the street. The constant loud music and vulgar speech coming from protesters, especially after dark. Round-the-clock drug and alcohol use and the smell of marijuana permeating their buildings, which affects the morale of their recovery program participants. They also uh, had issues with public urination and defecation. Uh, taking place on the Mission property as well as in and around public streets. They were having open fires and propane heaters uh, next to their building, that presenting an ongoing fire hazard. The dumpsters, they, they stole the dumpsters and were using them as barricades. Uh, they stole Perry's dumpsters there. And uh, the protesters were spreading down from South Station towards the intersection of Arch and Pearl Street, South Pearl Street, setting up groups around and in front of the mission, and people can't freely come and go from the mission, uh, including on any of the streets in Arch and Trinity, which are shut down with traffic. So as a consequence, that was uh, put out by Brian Shea, who is Kathy Sheehan's... Kathy Sheehan's... Um, Chief of spokesman. Staff, right? Yeah, Director of Operations, yeah, but he serves essentially as a spokesman. But yeah, he's uh, over six figures, he makes... And uh, he is, uh, you know, he put it out. And, uh, you know, this is what happened. And as a consequence, they seem to have not been happy with Kathy. Now, what I did was went through about four hours of uh, Amy Jones. Amy Jones was actually awarded last year by Kathy Sheehan, the the city of Albany, the uh, fourth annual uh, Henry Johnson Award for community service for her work with uh, the nonprofit organization, uh, activist organization, Citizen Action, right, which is associated with Uh the Working Family Party. Amy Jones is a Citizen Action organizer. She was awarded uh, back in August of 2020 the award from the city, actually, from the city, you know, on Kathy's behalf. And her live stream, not only was she really harassing Perry Jones down there, Uh, you know, because she focused all her anger at Perry Jones because uh, she associated the fact with them having to move with him. But also she had said some really interesting things, two of which were uh, Kathy Sheehan and Chief Hawkins were in constant contact with her during these six days. And they said to her, this is her account of it, that she didn't have to move. They weren't going to mess with her. They were going to give her a heads up if anything changed that uh, it was okay to be there, uh, that she has text messages to prove it, et cetera. So from there, um, it's kind of interesting because, you know, why weren't they cleaned out the first day that they set a tent up? And, you know, was Kathy Sheehan tacitly saying, well, why, you know, you can stay there as long as there's no issue. But something changed, right, six days in versus one day in uh-huh. of that evening. i I don't think any other group would be able to camp out somewhere in mm-hmm. front of a place on a street, on a public street, and be allowed to stay there for six days without the tacit approval of the police department or of Kathy Sheen. Kathy Sheen's in charge of the police department. Mm-hmm. So Kathy reversed herself and but all sides are upset at her, right? You have the police that would be upset because they had to send a letter on Tuesday. They mm-hmm. had the building you know, aside from the, the they when they attacked the building, but this is Kathy always reversing herself. At the April 16th press conference, she compared them the the riot at the uh, building or the their attempt at forcible entry for the building that she compared it to the Capitol riots on April on uh, January 6th. The next day on Saturday around noon, she put out a statement on Twitter that she misspoke and that it wasn't an insurrection like Capitol, you know, it wasn't a storming of a government building, which is exactly what it was, uh, you know, where they had to barricade the doors. Uh, You know, they were uh, unsuccessful at the Capitol. They should have barricaded the doors and not let anybody in, but they they were able to get in the doors. And so Uh she reversed herself, tried to distance herself from her own comments in the press conference, or at least her staff did in this statement. You know, I don't think she tweets, I think it's her staff, David Gallin or Rachel McInerney or Brian Shea. And so she distanced herself from the comments. That made the activists even more upset. And so now she uh, was allegedly in constant contact with this organizer, Amy Jones of Citizen Action, and uh, somebody that the city had recognized with the Henry Johnson Award last year. And the, the organizer complains on the video on her Facebook live feed, that uh, these guys promised they wouldn't do anything, and now they're arresting everybody. And, you know, uh, David Soros better not prosecute anybody. So it makes one wonder, what did Kathy Sheehan know, and when did she know, and why, you know, why wasn't this able to be cleared up? Uh, You know, was she tacitly approving of this? So there could be uh, sort of uh, an action. Now the Chauvin trial verdict came down, and they were still there. You know, they, they celebrated, but they stayed because they wanted to get some other police officer fired, which obviously they haven't fired. Uh, Also, as a consequence, they had two deputy chiefs retire during the incident. So uh, Chief Donahue and Chief Hogan are both retiring. So it's going to be Eric Hawkins alone until his contract runs out in August. Uh, You know, they'll have to promote some people. But when you lose cops to retirement, you lose a lot of institutional knowledge, As, as well as a lot of, you know, knowledge on how to handle decisions so uh it's going to be a rough stretch here and uh we'll see you know nobody seems to be happy with Kathy and she seems to have reversed herself and uh just fascinating to hear these activists say that Hawkins and Kathy had been in touch with her until that morning when they cleaned out the camp and really they were calling Kathy and uh, Hawkins a bunch of liars because they had seemed – either they let him along or they had seemed to think that they would uh, not not harm him, you know, not move him out.
0: Gee, I wonder when Chief Hawkins started, if he was, was aware that he was going to step into a, such a snake pit. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think he uh, probably, after his first press conference, he got told, you know, the way it was going to be. I don't really see him as as in charge. I think he's doing exactly what, you know, he came in from Michigan. I think he's doing exactly what Kathy wants. I think he's a very kind man. He's a very nice man. He's a very smart man. And uh, I think it's, I don't think he's a bad leader. I just think he's not being allowed to lead. You know, and people have different, you know, the police have to be accountable. But at the same time, you can't have people camped out for six days. Uh, you know, why would, what's the difference between them being camped out for one day and six days? Why wasn't it shut down mm-hmm. on day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six? Why wasn't it okay. shut down until after, you know, it wasn't shut down until after the Chauvin verdict. You know, why not communicate this stuff? Hey, we're going to let you go until the verdict. And if the verdict had been not guilty, these guys had cords and cords of wood out there. They had big piles of wood in this industrial hamper. Uh, industrial laundry hamper sized uh, bin, and they were burning wood and open fires every night. And and that could have easily been turned into projectiles to burn down South Station. You know, incidents like we saw in Minneapolis where they burned down the 3rd Precinct. Uh, you know, this, this stuff could have easily gotten out of control, and they just let it fester. So on Tuesday of the week, you know, the Thursday they took them down, last Thursday – on Tuesday, they had sent, you know, the, the, the police union said, hey, listen, you know, what are you guys doing? Well, you know, you're, our guys are, you know, worried they're going to use them for missiles. They're, they're all, you know, they're able, they're in position. They're literally, they have a camp in position for when the Chauvin verdict comes in. And if it's not guilty, it's going to be chaos, you know. And so it's just a waste of resources. The cops most likely love it because it's overtime and they're just standing around. They had to bring in the state police and as well as the, uh, the, uh, Albany County Sheriff to help clean them out when they finally did. And, uh, they just came in, formed a line, went through, but they didn't send horses first. They didn't send riot cops first. They just sent guys walking in big line of guys walking in, you know, and, uh, arrested people and took down the tents. DGS came in pressure, washed the graffiti you know, the foul language off the buildings and uh, took down the signs and threw the tents and all the other equipment in the back of the dump truck. And uh, I assume took it to the dump where they could recover their goods. But uh, it was quite a scene. The media was there. And so we'll see, you know, what goes goes forward. Will Albany ban tear gas? Will Albany ban rubber bullets? Uh, And what would the consequence of that be? If there are more riots, Well, the state police can come in and use their own tear gas or the Albany County Sheriff can come in and use their own tear gas and their own rubber bullets. So I don't think it really solves much, but it does demoralize the police. The other fascinating thing about the city of Albany is they just put out a call for more officers. They had to let go of the the residency requirement because they can't get enough applicants. And And the only requirement for the application is to have a GED. So here are people who have this city council which is ultra progressive the city council which wants to reform policing in albany the city council which is supportive of a lot of these movements you didn't see any city council member come out and say hey remove this camp remove this camp what you did see which was very fascinating was kathy
0: Sheehan's handpicked
1: hand-picked uh, replacement for sue rizzo dorcia Pleers, former councilwoman now city auditor issued a statement with the majority of them were black uh, and Judy Duchette there, or Judy D, uh, you know, from the other ward who wants to ban tear gas. They all denounced Kathy's action. Her own city auditor that she put in place turned around and said, hey, this is unacceptable. Whereas Kathy Sheehan put out a statement saying, I'm Chief Hawkins, whatever he wants to do. But Kathy was playing coy at the time. And she had said before the Thursday event that she didn't even know there was graffiti on the building. How do you not know there's graffiti on the building and all the, the Black Lives Matter uh, banners uh, on the building? The night before on Wednesday, there were also, uh, the, when the Chauvin verdict happened, I think it was a Tuesday, they actually, uh, individuals stood on the Albany police cars and flew the Black Lives Matter flag. So they're standing on the cars. They were twerking up against the cars they were, you know, because the police left the cars there instead of just putting up DGS barricades. And so there's some really great photography of them standing and dancing on the Albany police car, really just humiliating the police. It was quite a scene. And so you could see how uh that didn't really de-escalate the situation, and then they just came in and wiped out the camp, you know, uh, probably happily. And so wow. bad leadership, bad leadership all around, you know. Because those two sides will never get together on anything.
0: So do you think this will be a recurring situation all summer with demonstrations yes. that you do?
1: I do. I do. I think a lot of it, uh, you, remember, a lot of the Black Lives Matter stuff was moved by corporations. You know, the corporations are heavily financing the uh, action in the streets, which leads to to uh, the chaos, which would lead to more chaos. More chaos leads to more government, always and at all times. So really, the the, the burning and the looting and the rioting is only going to lead people to overreact. Just like the 60s, remember the 60s protests. What did you get? You got LBJ, you got Nixon, you got right. Nixon, then you got some Carter, then you got Reagan. So if you don't like big government and right wing government, people should stay calm. Because as soon as it happens, I don't think people will really wake up in the city of Albany, but you'll see a big crackdown if things are still out of control. That's what, you know, and this may be it. You know, this is Kathy's been sympathetic, but how much longer is she going to be sympathetic? But what I find fascinating is this organizer, Amy Jones of Citizen Action, you might want to interview her, Amy Jones saying that Kathy talked to her all week and the chief talked to her all week and said they weren't going to arrest anybody and then we're going to touch anybody. And so I'd love to know that. You know, you would love to see that in the newspaper, find out what's the story behind that. You know, and why? And why were people why were people able to camp out for 6 days when it so clearly damaged the operations of the people that sort of are dealing with the worst the you know, the people who are who are um you know, the most down and out Capital City Rescue Mission. And they blocked their services. They had enough to have Perry Jones complain and Perry Jones doesn't seem to complain about much, you know.
0: Mhm. But I mean, it wasn't a groundswell of people. There were No. Not Right?
1: There were ten there were ten people left in the encampment. Yeah, this is the other thing. It doesn't seem to be an organic uh uprising of the city of Albany. It seems to be outside people. Like we said eight, eight ten, ten people. Eight or ten people were arrested. Only three of them were from the city of Albany.
0: Wow. So what does that
1: say? Yeah, and there were only around eight or ten people in the camp at any time. There weren't that many people, but there were like ten or twelve tents. And so it was almost like there were a few people during the day, and all these kids went to college or went to their jobs during the day and came back at night. And, uh, you know, they even had some some mentally ill people roll in there that they had to call the police to get out and so a couple of protesters got robbed down there too
0: mm-hmm. so
1: mm-hmm. really just a, really just a mess but poorly handled from Kathy Sheehan as always and uh so it just it leads to more questions than than you have answers for you know
0: so what do you see in the coming week?
1: well I think you're gonna have more disruption because on average you have on average, you have, um, you have uh, 20, 20 to 30 of these unarmed black people get shot every year in our, in our country at 330 million. So, you know, the problem is misinformation. People think that thousands and thousands of people are dying from this stuff. And really it was only in 2020 it was 18 or 19, per the Washington Post. The Washington Post actually tracks all police-involved shootings. And so people think that there's 100 or a 1,000, and it's really only 20. There's about 400 people that are shot by police every year. 200 of those are unarmed. Of the 200, about 25% are black or African-American. And mm-hmm. uh, of those, you know, of those, every case is individual and could go either way. You know, would we like to see a de-escalation of police? Now, what they did not have is a study uh, that Vox.com had. Vox.com had a piece that said murders in Black Lives Matter cities, it costs about 6,000 more lives because homicide is up because of the police won't respond. So once again, the victims of the homicides are usually black on black, you know, probably 90% or more. And so once again, the, the poor and the oppressed are uh, just suffering from these policies, you know. It's just, it's not working, you know.
0: So we are out of time, and I look forward to speaking with you next week on your views on what's happening in Albany. So like I always say, give yourself a little plug.
1: So it's uh, the show is called Road Rage, and it's on from 3 to 6 daily on 98.7 FM and 1300 AM. And at talk1300.com, we stream live 3 to 6 Monday through Friday.
0: Thanks, Kevin. We'll talk again next week. Have a good day, and thank you, everybody, for listening.